Sound of Hockey episode 220. We're calling this one the Andy Eyed episode. Why are we calling it that, John? I don't know. Let's kick it over to Andy. Oh, he didn't show up for his own episode. <laughs> what is going on with you guys? Man, unbelievable. What is that three shows in a row now where the three of us haven't been together? I'm I'm the glue that's holding this thing together. You always have been. I don't know why you, you're surprised by this. Can't deny that. That is absolutely true. Uh, was it three shows in a row? I know you, you weren't here last week. I feel like he wasn't here two he was, ago, but I could be wrong on he that. He was here, but we do the point fives that sometimes. Okay. Remember we did the point five after Seahawk? Uh-huh. And he wasn't there. Yeah. Yep. But we had right. Curtis. So That's right. Uh, speaking of Curtis, the sea shanty is out for the Kraken. <laughs> and Curtis is front and center. In featured. One of the, He's yeah, almost featured. Highly featured in one of the one of the shots, which is pretty funny. Um, we, I know we talked about the filming of the sea shanty event that we went to uh, before the season started. They finally released it on uh, what day is it? I have no idea what day it is. Wednesday? Is today Wednesday? Today's Thursday. Today's but Thursday. they released it on Wednesday. And they yes. released it on Wednesday when the Kraken played against the Flames. What'd you what'd you think of the sea shanty? Uh, I personally liked it. I thought it was it I think was it's pretty got fun. potential. Yeah. Uh, I, so we recorded several other songs. So I don't think that's the only one, but right. we'll see. And I thought the other ones were better in terms of like how they were written. So. Yeah. And I think the crowd, like the crowd wasn't like fully singing it, but they got the vibe and they're like, okay, cool. Like, and they clapped at the end. Do mm-hmm. you remember that? So yep. that, that was a interesting reaction. So we're ready for, you know, the next next round. The fans will be a little more aware of what's happening and hopefully yeah. they will um, be able to sing along a little and bit And hopefully more. they like put it out on the socials so that people can like somewhat practice. Yeah. I know that. Great point. Even though you're not supposed to practice, right? Right. As we were told. So you're not supposed to practice. And um, well, actually the one that they put out too, he said is not even actually a sea shanty by definition. So, um, but close enough. Anyway, um, it was fun. Hey, this is sound of hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren fun Brown on the Twitter joined as always by John Barr. Well, not always, clearly. That's true. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. And we're not joined by Andy Ide this time. He's just uh, a little too busy for us is all. But scheduling around the holidays has been tough and just being fully transparent, I'm going to be traveling again next week to go see some so, families. So, so who knows? Yeah, who knows what's <laughs> going to happen? We'll, I mean, we'll get it out one way or another, but we might be well, we'll definitely be remote for the next couple of shows. So, um, but hey, uh, happy to be here with you for this one. Hope you all had a great Christmas holiday if you were celebrating that. Um, and I bet you're gearing up for a, a New Year's holiday here, just oh, around the corner. Speaking of which, it's mm-hmm. not on the show notes. Okay. But, um, oh, hold on. Let me just yeah prepare myself yeah. for whatever you're about to say. I have a uh, life goal update. Okay. Holiday related. Is this a is this a New Year's resolution? Would you say? No, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I okay. do plenty of goals, which are a little different. But um, okay. interesting. This is kind of a life thing I always wanted to do. Is I got to play pond hockey and like play I with the puck that. outside. Yeah, yeah. you've so never done that before. I've never done that and always wanted to. So I visited my sister in Eastern Washington. It was cold enough to keep the lake that they live on frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, conditions were absolutely brutal. It was like. <laughs> It was like really wet snow and it would instantly like dry or it wouldn't bounce off your rain resistant kind of clothing. And so you were just soaking wet. Yeah. Soaking wet. But it was so much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. And like goofing around and uh, I was out there with my niece and nephews and it was awesome. I wish I had access even if it was that crappy weather. It was mm-hmm. awesome. It really is a different experience, I think, getting out and playing hockey on on just a pond or on a 
outside frozen rink or whatever. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. very different experience. Very feels very natural. It feels um yeah, it's great. I'm I'm with you. I'm going to Minnesota, so I'm hoping that I'll get to do that a little bit as well. Um when I'm there. And I can relate. I uh I went skiing at Mount Baker. Uh, my wife and I got away for just a couple of days before Christmas, and we had similar conditions, I think. It was like freezing rain, and it was like 30-mile-an-hour <laughs> winds, and I was just drenched, absolutely drenched, despite wearing all waterproof clothing, but it just made no difference. It was uh, it was, it was a rough day, so yeah. 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 Uh, but, I mean, we got away from the ice storm, and in retrospect, you could have gotten your outside skating in here if you were- I could have, right. if I've- could have gotten down my driveway. Yeah. And you know, kind of the pitch of my driveway makes it a little challenging. I do. So, yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed those videos. I was actually not technically in town when that happened, so I avoided it. But um, in any case, hey, uh, we have a couple of five-star reviews to share with you, which uh, I always appreciate receiving. Ridiculous, R-E-A-diculous is how this one's spelled, says, uh, we're a PNW hockey staple. I've been listening to you guys for a couple of years now. I really appreciate the way you represent hockey in the PNW. I grew up in Seattle playing hockey. Because we never had a team, I always felt somewhat disconnected from hockey culture at large. USA Hockey Magazine would show up and there is virtually no representation from our entire region. I didn't go to my first NHL game until I was in my late 20s. Now with the Kraken and my kids playing hockey and your amazing podcast, I feel fully immersed in our unique brand of hockey culture in the rainy Northwest. You fellas have a great show. Keep it up. Adam. Uh, and P.S. Adam says, I don't think anyone was angry with you for alternating between tweets and stars, but the combo facepalm emoji. So he doesn't like Sound of Hockey's tweets and stars. And I don't think he's going to like what we have arranged for the end of today's show because we haven't made any adjustments to that. However, the feedback is noted. It's noted. We'll put that in the list of priorities to the, figure out. Yeah, yep. it's on the roadmap. Yeah. It's the in roadmap. the suggestion box, if you will. It's been heard. Jenna FFH also provides a five-star review. She says, shamelessly self-serving yet well-earned review. She says, I wouldn't be writing a review if not for the fact that I want to hear Darren Fun Brown read it on the pod because I'm <laughs> vaguely narcissistic. That being said, it's a great show that I listen to every week. I'm new to hockey and this show is rudimentary enough for a newbie like me to get a lot out of without it seem, seeming remotely dumbed down. Uh, I learn something interesting every show. I think you guys have hilarious chemistry without making the entire thing about you, as some podcasters seem to do. I'd love to hear a little more about the Kraken players aside from just their stats, for example, because of you guys. I now know that Ryan Donato has a golden retriever. Okay. Uh, these are the, <laughs> I don't remember ever talking about that, but uh, maybe, uh, for example, because of you guys, oh, I already read that part. These are the sorts of details that really round out the experience of being a Kraken fan. Clearly, finally, don't let it go to your heads or anything, but I'm blown away by how much you fellas know off the top of your heads about the players and their stats. And it's fun to hear you riff off of each other. Keep up the good work. The Kraken are lucky to have you. And you certainly own those press passes, which I would basically commit murder to get my hands on. Now, <laughs> theoretically, I mean, you could just go take after one of us, one of us, and, you know, yeah. take no, one, of one of us, us down and, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden there's a press pass for you. Now, um, you might have to change your appearance a little bit because there are photos and they Shave might- your head if it's mine. Right. Yeah. Go almost shaved for me <laughs> if you're taking and wear my a press hat pass. if you're Andy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, and grow a beard probably. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can do any of those things and just kill one of the <laughs> yeah, three of yeah. us, you know, I probably shouldn't put that out there in the world. But yeah, um, we probably don't want to encourage that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't kill any of us. That's just a joke. But yeah, thank you very much. Those are awesome, awesome five star reviews. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback, the kind words, Jenna. I I, I don't know what I was going to say, <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> 
Uh, if you haven't left your five-star review at Apple Podcasts, please do it, and we will read it on the next show. Uh, let's actually get into some like real talk here. I believe we are now like nine minutes into the episode, and I don't think we've talked about anything yet. But that's okay, because sometimes people enjoy the banter and the riffing off of one another, or at least that's what I've been told. I'm a little out of sorts here, I will admit. Uh, I said that we were going to go into talking about real things, but I should say we got home from the game last night at, uh, well, I got home about 11.15 maybe, and then we're recording this one on Thursday, as we mentioned, wrote three takeaways, fell asleep on the couch at 1.30 in the morning with my contacts in and no blanket or pillow, wearing my clothes, all that. Woke up at four in the morning, thought, oh, crap, I got to move to bed. It's it's four in the morning and I'm still on the couch with my contacts in. And then all of a sudden it was 8.45 and I had an important meeting at nine today. Ooh. And I was like, oh, no, like I, I very closely because I didn't set an alarm or anything. I just fell asleep. Because you're like, ah, I'll wake up. No problem. Well, yeah. I wasn't planning to sleep there at all. I didn't even intend to. So um, and then today has just been one of those days. I just feel all over the place. My brain's not working, um, and that's okay. But we do have some cracking stuff to talk about. Uh, so Vancouver, the we didn't talk about that game yet. That one, uh, that was up there. I mean, it was one of the one of the more painful losses the Kraken have had. They did get a point out of it because they lost in a shootout, um, but they had every chance. And when I say every chance, I mean every chance to win this game. They were up by two, I think, on three separate occasions, um, and at one point, you know, they they got it to. I want to say, they, did they get it to five to? Five, five to three, to three I think. Yeah. And when they got it to five to three, it was like, okay, this is for sure over now. That was definitely the dagger. Um, and somehow they let Vancouver back in that game. Um, and by Vancouver, I mean Elias Pettersson. They let Elias <laughs> Pettersson back in that game. So um, I don't know. It was a, it was a painful one. Uh, Pettersson had five points. Uh, they just couldn't stop that one guy. And and it was like it wasn't just that he was getting assists on the goals. It was like. The goals were coming directly off of plays that he was making. I thought the Kraken were just way too soft defensively that night. They were giving guys way too much time and space. But again, especially Elias Pettersson, uh, very apropos that he had the tying goal late in the game and then also the shootout winner. And even in the shootout, uh, the, the Kraken fell behind in the shootout. They scored. I think Eberly scored, if I'm not mistaken. And then I was like, all right, we got a chance here. And then Pettersson was the next shooter. And I was like, ah. We don't have a chance, no, and of course he, yeah. of course he scored, and that was it. So, um, man, it was a, uh, it was a painful one. That was a bummer uh, for sure. You know, like uh, especially like heading into the holiday break, you're feeling like, okay, we've righted the ship, if you will, and we're going to be okay, and we're going to get that monkey off our back, known as the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, and they're still a good team, you know, and so. we're still victoryless in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, oh five and one. That's not good. No. Um, it was the first shootout we've gone to, um, mm-hmm. uh, and never thought shootout is our strength, if you will. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that was a bummer. I mean, you get a point that's not as bad as losing, uh, in regulation, but, um, like if they had given up another goal in like the last minute and lost it in regulation. Yeah. That, that would have that stunk. Yeah. I mean, I think they did score with the goalie pulled mm-hmm. to tie it up with a minute 20 left. So it would have just been nice to go into uh, the holiday break with a, with a victory there. Yeah. And it, it seemed like the locker room was pretty bummed about it too, don't you think? Definitely. Yeah. Watching, and I wasn't there in person, but, you know, watching back to their press conferences, you could tell that they were, they were pretty down about losing that one. Um, and then they had obviously a few days off as, 
as mandated by the NHL. Uh, they came back uh, to play against Calgary last night. Again, they lost. This one was in regulation, not quite as painful as the Vancouver loss, just because it was, you know, it was a hard fought game. But I thought that they, again, they had plenty of opportunities to win that. Uh, I think it was kind of a wasted opportunity is what I wrote in three takeaways before I passed out and woke up at four in the morning and then woke up again <laughs> at 845. But uh, yeah, it was a waste opportunity because the Flames were on the second of back-to-backs. They had their backup goalie playing and Dan Vladar, um, and they had a great performance last night from Philip Grubauer. I think he had 41 stops on the night, which is the most he's ever made as a Kraken. So um, that's a that's a missed opportunity uh, as far as I'm concerned. I think that when you're playing against a you know a tough divisional rival, and that's one of those that like they had every every situational advantage last night um, and they didn't get it done. So they looked really good for the first half of the game. Uh, Haxtell called the the penalty that Carson Soucy took in the middle of the game that led to Nazem Kadri's power play goal. Uh, that made it two to two. He called that penalty undisciplined. And if you think back from that moment on, after they, they scored that power play goal, Seattle just never got momentum after that, right? There was almost no pushback from them in the third period. Uh, They gave up a lot of chances in the third and didn't generate much offensively at all. So, you know, I hate to pin it on one guy, certainly. And um, I think Susie has has had a couple of questionable moments this season, certainly. And I don't think you can pin it on one guy, but um, that was definitely a turning point in the game. Well, and I definitely think, you know, Haxtell's given him, given Susie a mulligan, if you will. Uh, Yeah. And it was basically like, okay, now he's going to call him out a little bit and be a little harsher. I he think. got a mulligan the first time right. against w- the Jets Winnipeg, when yeah. he punched Pierre-Luc Dubois in the back of the head with 30 yeah. seconds left. So another very undisciplined play. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Haxel protects his players a bit, right? Like he doesn't really go after his players, but I think it, it's important to call somebody out when they need to. Like He, he doesn't call them out by name, right? Yeah. He never does that, but he does say this was an undisciplined penalty that led to this. And it's very easy to say, okay, well, Carson Susie was the yeah, one who took it. Right, right? Right. He also said last night that he thought there were three or four players that were quote unquote below the bar. Uh, he didn't say which of those players they were, of course, but um, I thought that was interesting. And um, you know, that, that came a couple sentences after calling that penalty undisciplined. So you have to think that Susie was probably one of the, one of the three or four he's talking about. Uh, it made me wonder who the others were, although I, I don't know if I even want to make predictions or guesses at who they were, but um, I don't know. I think uh, I think that he's hearing him today after practice, too. I think that he is trying to kind of light a fire right now because, uh, John, we were talking before we started recording and you pointed out that they're three, six and one in their last 10 games, which is not great. Right. They had worst in the Pacific. Yeah, we, we they had what we thought was a slump. And then they had a couple of wins. And so we thought, okay, now they're they're out of this slump. But I don't know that they are yet. I think they're still kind of in that valley. I don't think they've they've quite gotten out of it yet. I think they've taken some steps towards getting out of it. But then, you know, they kind of yeah. took a step back to against and then, Calgary and, and then against they have Vancouver. A, you know, I hate to label this as a big opportunity or a big game against Edmonton, but that's that's what they're facing who theoretically is behind them in the standings. Um, that's Edmonton. I also worry about overreacting to losses against Calgary and Edmonton at this time. It feels very important. They are important games. Every mm-hmm. game is important, but we shouldn't make a big deal. We, I'd rather be in Seattle's position than Edmonton and Calgary's right now um, because points percentage, Seattle's in a good spot. That said, you know, it'd be nice to get some points here and there. Even a, even a, a shootout loss or a, a loss in overtime gets you one point and that team only gets one more point than you do. So that is a little discouraging. Um, 
slumps are going to happen. We kind of predicted this. We back, did. Back. <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, in a .5 episode. Um, now, they do have points in three out of their last four. So, like, let's not, again, let's not over- See, and that's why yeah. sometimes you can very easily change the narrative by just looking right. at a and smaller, larger sample size, can't you? Well, and you you have to, right? Because yeah. there's context to all this stuff. So, when you think of it that way, they got points in three of their last four, so they're playing great. You would think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it, yeah. they only have one point in their last two games, one out of four in their last yeah. two games. Yeah, against division rivals, yeah. if you want to even- uh, phrase it that way. So, there we go. I mean, uh, you know, like that's that's also known as recency bias, where we kind of over-index to what we've most recently experienced or seen. Okay. And that's Calgary. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the loss against Calgary in regulation. All right. Uh, well, let's hope that they, I mean, I hope, I'm hoping, because it's way more fun to pay attention to the Kraken <laughs> when they're winning almost every game. I hope that they go back to uh, playing the way that they're playing Towards the beginning of their their win streaks, about that they November, had. the month of November. Yes, how they played towards in November. November. Well, yeah. even end of November though, there were some questionable games in there where they were getting rid of, they, they were getting they away won. with it. They won, yeah. Um, but I think Hackstall just. I think I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but today he said something along the lines of um, the status quo isn't going to give us enough success for the rest of the season, um, and so I think he's. I think the tone has shifted a little bit. I think he's like, all right, it's time to snap out of it here. I know that. You know, we've been trying not to get too high or too low, but it feels like he's really trying to um, kind of light a fire and make sure that they they bring the full 60 minute effort next game. So um, we will see what happens. I know every Edmonton cracking uh, game has been uh, pretty intense at times, right? Scary. Just definitely scary Even in times. wins, it's scary. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's ways to beat Edmonton, you know, certainly, but um, there's a couple of okay players on that team. So that's coming up. Other things to talk about with the Kraken, their special teams have continued to be concerning to me. We did a little digging before we started recording. They have not scored a power play goal in six games, which is how many opportunities, John? How many chances have they had at the power play? That's over 36 chances. So <laughs> they're a lot of chances. for the last 36. Yeah, that's a lot of chances. So that's concerning. I I don't know that they're even getting like that great of looks right now either. I think there's been a couple of good looks, but you know, even last night against Calgary, like they almost gave up a shorthanded goal to I think it was Mangiapane. So yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't like what's happening there. It's stinky. And on the PK, <laughs> it's it's definitely stinky. And on the PK, they're um they're okay. Uh, yeah, they've they're basically giving up a, a goal per game on the PK, but like. At some point, you need them to... And if you're not getting that power play on the other side, that power play goal on the other side, right? Like, yeah. if you even out, like you're, that's generally okay. You're losing the special teams battle yeah. every night if yeah. you're giving up one a, one a night and not scoring on the power play yourself. So, I wouldn't hate to see them change up their penalty kill a little bit just in terms of how they do it. They Structurally, they do what's called a wedge plus one, which is... Uh, three three guys kind of make a triangle in front of the net, and then another guy chases up high. He kind of runs around, and eventually the the guy at the top of the triangle will chase with the the high guy. They'll switch. I mean, not chase. They'll switch. Uh, depending on where the puck is going, they'll kind of rotate. Um, it's a pretty aggressive way of killing penalties. I feel like they could they could try something different. They've kind of been doing it all year, and it's. I don't know. I wouldn't hate to see them just try a different formation there, like a more traditional box, something a little bit more conservative. But And that was the penalty kill was something that was really humming for them kind of in November when, yeah. they, when they were winning. Um, and ironically, the last time they played Calgary, which is the one they kind of stole in mm-hmm. Calgary, if you yeah. remember that. Joey Decord. Yeah. They killed 
all four opportunities Calgary had um, in that game and won by one game, one goal. So you can imagine how that in- impacts the the end result, obviously. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, is like when it was clicking, it wasn't like they had a different formation. They've had the same formation all year. So I don't know. I don't know why it, you know, why these things happen where they get on these these roles, especially with the PK. It's like PK seems like it should be a consistent thing, you know, like. Well, I imagine teams, you know, the scouting and, and they start to figure out weaknesses in, in yeah. their kind of their scheme. So yeah. That, yeah. that's what I assume. I sh- I'm not uh, overly critical. I don't have a great eye for these kind of things, but mm-hmm. that's what I that's what I assume happens. Other Kraken news, we saw Chris Drieger on the ice today after practice, and um, I think that's not the first time he's been on the ice. It's the first time that I've personally seen him practicing, and by practicing, I mean skating with goalie coach Steve Briere and skills coach Matt Lark. And um, goalie gear. And goalie gear, but he he's doing like full drills. Like He is hard pushes up and down. You know, it's a, it's a full-on practice, so um, he, I mean- that's a sign that he's got to be getting somewhat close, you know, like I wouldn't be shocked to see him back out there with the team here within, within the next month. So it just makes you wonder what do they do once he comes back? Cause <laughs> then they have three goalies and they don't have uh, even a spot on the roster for him really. So um, it's technically uh, they do right now. They're, I guess technically. Yeah. 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 But more on that in a bit. I suppose. Yeah. Um, we also say Jonas Donskoy in the locker room today, he uh, killed a spider. So it was a huge, huge spider. I believe you. Yeah. But no update to his status. He's been, uh, Hackstall's been asked about him recently and he just said no update to his status. I, I don't, I mean, I see a lot of people asking about him like in my monthly Monday musings or, you know, just periodically on Twitter. And, and I just, I don't think he's anywhere close. No, uh, I don't think so either. And, I, and when I say that, I'm like months or two and might not even see the ice this season. That's super speculative. But yeah. at the same time, like if he's not touching the ice right now, even on his own, then he's he's a ways away. Yep. Uh, all right. That's all our Kraken talk for now. We do have some down on the farm. Moo. <laughs> uh, we don't have our usual WHL correspondent, Andy Ide, to chime in on what's been happening around the WHL. But uh, Andy Ide and Mike Benton did do the, the TV call for the Battle of the Sound between the Thunderbirds and the Spokane Chiefs. This week, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, um, but they did a good job on the call. So I just wanted to, to give them a quick shout out. Um, and, you know, it was uh, it looked like it was a pretty fun game to watch. I watched most of the first period and it was like really high scoring very quickly. Um, I think it was like three one Chiefs in the first 10 minutes or something like that. Um, and so it, it went down to the wire and ended up with uh, Seattle winning seven to five. So. Uh, fun game there. Uh, meanwhile, the World Junior Championship is happening, and that's been uh, interesting to watch. Both USA and Canada have had some rocky moments here in the early going. Uh, USA, actually, as we're recording, is currently playing against Switzerland. They're up 2 nothing. Switzerland has won both of their first two games. So as of right now, USA is sitting out of the, what do you call it, advancing. He's They're not in position to advance right now, so they need to Need to get this win today. Um, meanwhile, Canada lost to Czechia in their first game, uh, but then they bounced back to beat Germany like a million to one or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just squeaked by Germany. Um, and now they play Austria, who has been outscored 20 to zero so far in the tournament. So Not we'll see if they can. Go- good for Austria. Yeah, we'll see if they can pull that off. Um, hard to say. 
Shane Wright's been uh, been good though. He's got two goals and two assists. Uh, one of those was kind of an own goal from Germany, but uh, we're not asking how. We're asking how many. And he has two <laughs> goals and two assists, which is a good thing. Um, and then meanwhile, Connor Bedard. Uh, you heard about this guy? You seen this guy? Um, he is likely to break Jordan Eberle's career World Junior Championship record uh, for goals. So he's and like you said, cruising. he's only seventeen. That's right. Right. Only so. seventeen. So in theory, well, he's not going to play again next year. He'll be in the NHL for sure. But I don't see how he plays in the tournament next right. year. So, yeah. Yeah. And last thing, Shane Wright's rights <laughs> have been, well, they haven't been traded, but there's a potential that they could be traded. Uh, this Grant McCagg fellow who seems to cover uh, junior hockey, he said that there's a chance his rights could be traded said away the expectation from Kingston. is that Kingston will trade the rights sometime between now and the end of World Juniors, mm-hmm. um, which is similar to how Seattle – Thunderbirds have Brad Lambert's rights. It's, it could be conditional where if he gets returned to the OHL, then the trade happens mm-hmm. or, or the kind of other side of the trade happens where you get the players or the draft picks or whatever. So yeah, something to keep an eye on. Uh, I I don't know if this is a hypothetical, mm. uh, so I'm kind of throwing it on you. but <laughs> Good uh, delivery there. Do you yeah. want me to do the whole introduction? Yeah, or? I prefer that. Okay. It's time for a hype-o-thetical. What do you do with Shane Wright? <laughs> wow, great hypothetical, John. Uh, I don't really know because they, to your point, they still technically have a roster spot for him if he comes back. Uh, they've picked up Ely Tolvanen, but they only are scratching two players a game, which are Tolvanen and Flurry. I wonder if Hackstall tries to send a message in this next game to get one of those guys in, and but we'll see. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I... I don't know. I mean, do you bring them back and continue to do the same thing? The I, other piece is that knock on wood. We're going to knock on wood. That was me knocking. I don't know if you can hear it. The Kraken have been healthy. They've been really healthy. Right. Eventually, I think somebody's going to get hurt and Shane Wright is going to be your best option. You know, so I don't know. Do you keep them around just in case? So here, here's my, uh, it's not a theory. It's just would be my plan if I was in charge. Okay. If, Let's hear it. Assuming no more injuries, no mm-hmm. injuries mm-hmm. to the forward group, and when World Juniors ends, I would send them back to the OHL. Okay. Uh, it sounds like there's a desire to have him playing for a different team, not Kingston, because Kingston stinks. And Kingston so, Stinkston? Kingston. King, King Stinkston. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kingston sucking axe? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently they, they want him to play or there's a desire to play meaningful games and you play for a competitive team. Okay. Uh, so there's something to play for. I, I just don't, you know, with. with <laughs> I'm still laughing at the suck it axe. Yeah. Right. With, with Geeky, Donato and Sprong playing yep. relatively well. Yep. And contributing probably more recently. Than and Tanev, you, you had said you thought he might be on the scratch bubble, but I, I don't think I so just, after last I, night. He looked pretty good. I'm not. Taking him off the scratch bubble, okay. I just think I put him in that group. Yeah. Right. And I mean, how do you take Sprong out now? Yeah, you're right. Or Donato, he keeps, he's got five goals in six games. Yeah. And then Geeky <laughs> brings a different element. Now, I know in the game on Wednesday, he didn't have a lot of minutes and, and had less minutes in the third than the other two. If this stays the course, then I think he, he needs to play and you got to, you got to put him back to the OHL. Yeah. With no and injuries, you have, yeah. you have another pro in Tolvanen, right? So. And and you can't even get him in right now, right? And he he doesn't have a place to play. Like he has to be a, put on waivers if they kind of 
want him to get some ice time in the AHL. So I don't know, man. I, I just think, I think they've done a great job with Wright. And fortunately there haven't been any injuries for him to draw in and their quote unquote fourth line is playing extremely well. So there's just no spot for him. I just yeah. don't see how they, they fit him in or Tolvanen at this time. So, right. Right. Uh, all right. We're now going to move on to our segments. And our first segment is everyone's favorite segment. And Mandy's bad Goalie voice. gear quarter. <laughs> okay. I mentioned that Chris Drieger is back on the ice and he was sporting a new mask today, uh, which we got a pretty good look at. It's pretty darn cool. It has Eddie Vedder on one side and Kurt Cobain on the other. And it's got guitar, like the neck of a guitar going down the middle and splitting the mask in half. Uh, and it is really, really cool. There's like um, some some mountains and some Seattle skyline built in there and all kinds of stuff. Um, and it's a dark blue with like a matte finish. So it's got a really sharp look to it. I, I absolutely love it. So uh, well done, Chris Drieger, who continues to uh, run out some pretty impressive gear updates every time we see him. We also have a bad boys. Ooh. This is a unique spicy. one. This well, this is a very spicy one. This is a unique one because uh, it has not just one individual bad boy, but the entire Toronto Maple Leafs organization bad boys. Because you know why? Because they flew from Toronto to St. Louis at 10 p.m. on December 26th, which there's no travel allowed on December 26th. So that was breaking the CBA. And so they've been fined as an organization $100,000. I did see some fans getting upset that NHL would find them. Why? Did you see any of that? I don't know. It's ridiculous. This is a competitive advantage by flying flying early. It is. Um, yeah, I guess the explanation was they were going to <laughs> – it's also a little stupid that they were – the plan was they were going to leave just after midnight and then effectively fly until – whatever, 3 a.m., I guess, yeah. gain gain an hour, right, going to St. Louis from Toronto. But they decided just, like, to leave a little bit earlier so that they could get in at a normal time. Or instead, another option was to leave at, like, 5 in the morning, right? They didn't want to do that. Um, so they said that they just wanted to keep it as normal as possible for a regular day game. I'm sure all teams do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the rules are the rules, right? That's right. Rules the rules. Uh, if you don't want to get fined, then don't break the rules. But I kind of think that the Toronto Maple Leafs organization can probably swing a hundred k fine. Well, that's the that's the funny thing because they could probably go like, ah, that's probably thousand. It. Yeah, it's we we get that <laughs> in advantage of uh, yeah. Now, did they win? That's that's one thing I'm not clear on. They did win hmm. in overtime. Well, then hundred k well spent. Can you imagine like that extra amount of sleep or kind of rest yeah. gave them? Just an added extra to win in overtime. Probably did. It probably did. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, by the way, the coach of those Toronto Maple Leafs, also got fined $25,000. So uh, he was just yelling at the refs and being uh, kind of a jerk. So, um, you know, I think uh, I think for all the talk about the Leafs being this great organization, it sounds like they're a bunch of cheaters. <laughs> cheaters and whiners. And whiners, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. they can afford it, though. Yeah, those are our bad boys. We now move on to our weekly one-timers. Whoops. Our first weekly one-timer. Whoops. Sidney Crosby has earned the Order of Canada appointment. Um, I don't know what that means. Basically, he's a really good individual for Canada. So Great. Yeah. That's no, great. I mean, it, it's actually, you know, it's broader than hockey. Like, there's a lot of people that are, are named to the Order of Canada. It's mm-hmm. like... A, 
pretty prestigious. I don't know what the equivalent would be in the U.S., but okay, maybe like the Kennedy Center Honors. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Our next, you're, you don't know what that is, do you? No, I don't. Okay. Um, it's that, I'm not really sure either, but it's that one where they like get all these celebrities together and then they give them all like ribbons that they wear. And yeah, yeah, the president's yeah. usually yeah. there, I think. And yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Our next Neat. weekly, uh, maybe it's like being knighted in the UK. Yeah, that's that's probably a good equivalent. Is he Sir yeah. Sidney Crosby now? It's always been to me. Sir Sid? <laughs> I don't think that's true. Our next <laughs> weekly, a one-timer. <laughs> Alexis Lafreniere has been scratched or is being scratched, I think, tonight, right? Or yep. was that last yes, night? Yes, tonight. I think it's tonight uh, by the New York Rangers. So now he's still only 21 years old. So it's like, you know, First maybe round. that's one of those where First it's- First overall. Sure. But yep. maybe that's one of those where it's like, yeah, it'll just benefit him to to watch from up top for a game just to um, just to do that. But whatever. He's still 21 years old. I don't have a big He's been with. underwhelming, but I think sure. sometimes the expectations are too high for these, these guys. Yeah. So. Our next weekly one-timer. We're clip, is, clipping through these one. pretty this good, but this is yeah, yeah, definitely an important one. The Edmonton Oilers had their super skills uh, competition or whatever. I don't know what they're calling it, but the equivalent of the super skills competition that the Kraken do uh, this past week. And they had a unique event. And John, I'll let you take us through what this event was. <laughs> it's called the Rough Rough Relay Races. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty cool. It's basically players and their doggies. Yeah. Uh, do a relay race um, across the ice. And uh, Derek Ryan, friend of the pod, was out there with his dog. Did pretty well. Yeah. And well, uh, actually, he did didn't not. do well. His dog just kind of got lost. So. <laughs> and then and then Derek Ryan went and picked him up and skated across the, yeah. the finish line. Um, that but was ne- uh, Jasper the dog. Jasper, yeah. yeah. There was a couple other ones. But uh, no surprise here that Connor McDavid and his dog were the fastest in the, in the group. And, yeah, his dog and looked like, like he'd been training. Off. Yeah, yeah, like that's surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. McDavid's dog's the fastest one out there. So no word if they're going to have that in the Seattle super skills competition. But I wouldn't hate it if they did. I know. I might uh, send a video of that mm-hmm. and just to share it with the Kraken. Just folks. in case. Yeah, just in know. case they didn't see it. Just in case anyone's listening, we wouldn't hate it if they <laughs> yes, had yes. puppy races yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Although it does also run the risk of a bathroom incident on the ice, yeah, which did happen in Everett, uh, what, two years ago, three years ago? That's right. So it was. Uh, you don't see that every you day. You don't see that every day. <laughs> the dog. So it does. It does I don't want to see that on. Create yeah. that possibility. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the ice there is made with rainwater, so we don't know how it would react if that's any different than. Anyway, our next weekly one-timer whoosh, is our final weekly one-timer. And uh, Alex Ovechkin. Is now number two all time. Speaking of number two. Number two. <laughs> Speaking of number two, he's number two all time in uh, goals scored <laughs> in the NHL. He scored number 801 and 802 to pass. Oh, there we go. Three nothing USA. They just scored on the power play uh, to make it. Uh, he passed Gordie Howe on the all time list. So now he's only chasing Wayne Gretzky, which I guess is uh, impressive. Um, but I got to say, goal number 802 was kind of cheesy because i think i think it was kuznetsov that had the puck and it was an empty netter again and (laughs) he was like in traffic uh and all he had to do was just shoot it and like had a pretty open look and he passed it backwards like through three guys legs and somehow it got through all of them and went to ovechkin and he shot through those same three guys and uh and it went in the net so um that was that what do you like on that john are you excited for alex ovechkin becoming potentially the number one. I am excited for that to happen. Okay. It would and, be cool. And any way he can do it, I'm 
supportive. We skipped over something in this episode, Uh-oh. which is you don't see that every day. So we're adding in a you don't see that every day late All right. in the episode. Yeah. And by the way, we've now finished our weekly one-timers. <laughs> so in the Calgary game, oh boy, the Kraken got called for too many men in the second period. And as soon as it happened, I looked around and I'm like, there's only five players on the ice. And you could see it very clearly, like clear as day, that they did not have too many men on the ice. And the way that it shook out was they had just completed a change. And the change looked a little funny because there were like three guys changing at once. Yeah. Um, and they all kind of crossed over each other. So it it looked a little funky, but nothing looked to me like it looked totally normal. Like they were they were all within easy striking distance of the bench. It wasn't like they jumped out way early or anything like that. Nobody touched the puck. The puck went through there. And when the puck went through there, the Flames players, I could hear them all the way up in the press box. They're all screaming for too many, right? Too many, too many. And then the ref starts looking at the Kraken bench, sees Beneers touch the puck as it comes back the other way, and then he immediately blows the whistle. But Beneers was the fifth player on the ice. They were done with their change at that point. There were five players on the ice. So um, I guess the point of the you don't see that well, every day. Beneers was heading to the bench to change. He might have been, but, but there were still only but, five guys but there. But his, his sub was still on the bench. Yes. Absolutely. Not even like over the boards or getting ready. Yeah. Like he was. So the part that you don't see every day on that, because I think too many men calls get missed all the time in hockey, right? right? Uh, but Stanley that Cup finals, that happens sometimes. Sure. Yeah. But it happens all the time that there's six guys that are on the ice and they don't blow the whistle. What doesn't happen is they blow the whistle and say too many men when there's very clearly only five players on the ice. That never happens. I was well, like, what? How did that just happen that they got called for a phantom too many men? That It was just totally very agree. And, bizarre. And, and usually, like I've seen it in beer league where they prematurely call it and they're like, oh crap. And they can quickly see that there's still only five guys on the ice. Yeah. And you could still see that because usually- And why didn't they it, just negate it? Like, it, why didn't the refs get together and be like, wait a minute, there's only- Well, that's the crazy thing. They did talk. When they touched the puck, there were five, he immediately blew the whistle and there right. were clearly only five and, players And out you there. think one of the refs or linesmen was like quickly counting like, oh yeah, see there's seven. Sense. Oh no, no, there's- there's only five. I still don't understand how they, they held up that penalty. They could have been like, nope, never mind. No penalty on the play. They easily could have done that and it would have been fine. I don't understand. I find it hard to believe that the three other officials on the ice did not see it. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange. Uh, so Hackstall, after the game, he's he commented on it. He said, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> it's like we only had five players on the ice. So um, so I'm with you, Dave. They, and he, they killed the penalty, right? They did. So it was kind of moot, but also kind of not because they, they did, struggled to get momentum, right? And that does disrupt the flow. You it never does... know how that changes exactly. the outcome. And the outcome on that path, they lost. So yeah. anyway, what about, uh, okay, you don't see what about the, uh, the oh, icing? The icing. Yeah, yeah, we want to talk about that too. So that one was also bogus. Uh, they had a play where the Kraken, excuse me, the Flames iced it. And then with the rule where you can't change, they still tried to change players and the refs caught them. And so they grabbed a notebook out of the penalty box. They went to the, first of all, they went to the penalty box, the official there. Yeah. And was like asking for something. And I could see, and you could probably see the same angle since we're on the kind of same area looking, I can look right down into it um, from kind of from the upper deck. And you can see the guy like grabbing a phone and like going over to a computer or some kind of clipboard or some kind of bogus and and that took like 30 seconds in itself yeah right and so eventually the official like goes back over to the flames bench with a clipboard like kind of showing them like hey here are the numbers i need to get on the ice and like okay 
and then they have to run the clipboard back to the penalty box. And all of a sudden, it was like a two-minute delay. Yep. In which totally defeated the purpose of getting the original yeah. guys back on the ice. And like three guys had to get back. <laughs> it was like, and, and they weren't even like, it was like two guys and then a third guy swapped out. Like it was like. It was very blatant. And, and to me, that's a delay game. Yes. Right? I would agree. I think there should have been some sort of penalty there because they did delay the game by breaking the icing rule. Right. Right. The, if the only recourse is those guys have to go back out, but they get to rest for two and a half minutes while you try to figure out who the players were. And you just act like confused. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm old. I'm confused. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm Daryl Sutter. I yeah, was on the farm yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know what it reminds me of when <laughs> friend of the pod, Natalie Darwitz, when uh, she would play against my sister in high school, she was the best player or maybe one of the two best players in the state. And so she'd play like the whole game, right? Like she, cause she dominant. <laughs> and when she needed a break, they'd pull something like that where they'd like act all confused about who was supposed to be out there. The, the, the coach for her team would like send somebody out and then he'd like call her back and be like, Oh no, no, come back. We need to, sorry, I screwed that up. And then all of a sudden a minute had gone by and, and like Natalie was Natalie just pops over the board. Well, no, yeah. she'd just been out there the whole time. Oh, right, right. Was, gotcha. Gotcha. Right. And yeah, it was yeah. just like, just a classic like way to kill some time and get your players some rest. Um, yeah, yeah, couple of couple of strange things in that game. We also had the there's a camera that got hit by the puck, like poking through the the photographer's hole. Tanev had two breakaways in one shift, which you don't see that very often. So there's some strange things that happened uh, in that Flames Kraken game, but um, but certainly the the phantom too many men and the very strange icing delay. I agree with you. <laughs> Items you don't see every day. No, you don't. We close the show with, sorry about this, Reedalicious. Was that your name? Reed, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of Hockey's Tweets or Stars. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's it. Uh <laughs> John, who is your tweet or star? What do you have? Do you have a so tweet or a star? So originally I was going to do a tweet, uh-huh. but you kind of stole my kind of- I stole nothing. Thunder, because we talked about the Donskoy update and killing a spider. Okay. So I'm not going to read oh. that tweet. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so right. I'm going to do a star, Okay. and it's going to be Daniel Sprong for his two goals in Vancouver, and that was his ninth and 10th of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, you made a big deal about it on Twitter, or sorry, the intern made a big deal yeah, about it. Yeah, it was on, me. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter intern. Um, and I think it's a it's pretty notable, right? Like he came into camp on a PTO, signed a two way deal with the Kraken, and has delivered ten goals, which is good enough for I think second or third in the in the team while playing exclusively on the fourth line and scratched from time to time in the beginning of the season. Yep. So, and I was I wasn't a big Sprong believer, so I'm coming clean about that. Like, you were wrong about Sprong. I was wrong about Sprong, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one. You made a Sprong so, along a ding-dong, is yeah. what you did. So I don't know if this pace is sustainable, but even that Vancouver game, he played pretty well, so mm-hmm. I, I should call him out. So he's my star of the week. Okay. Am I wrong for being Sprong? <laughs> <laughs> my star of the week is – okay, so you know what? I guess re- Ridiculous got his way because this isn't tweets right. or stars. This is just stars of the week. We're not doing tweets this week. Uh, my star of the week is Elias Patterson. I'm sorry to say, uh, but I same had to, game that I, we're yeah, referencing. That's right. <laughs> had to had to give him some props, though. I mean, 
It's the fourth time in his career he's had five points in a game. Uh, and actually, what I think made this most interesting is he had missed the two previous games with the flu. And he was still allegedly getting over it. And they're like, yeah, he's a game time decision. And then he came out and just dominated. Like he was he was unbelievable in that game. He had two more assists, I think, in the following game. So um, I think he had seven seven points plus a shootout goal in two games, which is not bad. That's no, that's all. okay. So uh, he's my star of the week. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much to Jenna and Ridiculous for the five-star reviews. Uh, please do leave your five-star review if you haven't left one already, and we'll read it on the next show. Uh, subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, oh, I have one one quick story to share Uh-oh. before we go. I met Darren Pang last night because oh, he cool. was uh, in the building doing yeah. the – So I went over to him. I shook his hand. I said, hey, Darren, I'm a fellow Darren and a fellow goalie, and I'm also not very tall. And so when I was a kid, people used to call me Darren Pang a lot, and he got a good kick out of that. So <laughs> that was fun. All right. We'll talk to you all next week for episode 221. Cheers.